Spalding, this calls for the old Billy Barul. Hi guys, welcome to the Conquer Golf Podcast. Um, episode number four, we have Brian Thompson, and I'm Kevin Noto, and we got a lot to cover this week. We have FedEx Cup uh, looming, we have pretty good round by Brent Snedeker and a wire-to-wire win in the Wyndham, um, USAM happened, and we had the web.com top 25, so we're going to cover all that stuff and a little more. So, um, I'd say let's start off with the Wyndham, huh? Yeah, so definitely interesting. It was funny. You had texted me at one point during the week commenting on how shocked you were that C.T. Pan was, Yes. I don't know, I forget what the number was. He was like 13% of people or something that had picked him in DraftKings and you were shocked. And then lo and behold, he, uh, he ends up coming in, in second place. Yeah, I just, of all the people when I'm making my fantasy lineups, the last, not the last, but... I've heard his name, but he doesn't jump out, and there's no way, unless he was on some, like, players to watch list or something, I can't imagine him having been picked that high, but, I mean, he made a caddy change this week, and it seemed to have worked out pretty nicely for him. (laughs) He did, indeed. Did you you catch a whiff of that interview he did with Amanda Balionis during that rain delay? When he was talking about his his wife caddying for him? What did he say? Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. He... He really kind of stuck stuck his foot in his mouth, and he was getting a lot of flack for it. But she was asking him if if his wife was helping him at all on the course, and he he flat out said no at first. He was like, "No, not really." <laughs> and then he's like, "You know, she she knows she needs to show up, keep up, and shut up." Oh, <laughs> and yeah, he went there. Yeah, and uh, and Amanda Balionis was just like. She started like almost getting red in the face, and yeah, uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah. And then he, he kind of backtracked a little bit, and he was like, "Well, you know, she does, you know, mentally, she does help me because you yeah. know, if I'm in between clubs, she helps me to kind of calm down, slow down, yeah, be decisive, and things like that." And he was being good natured about it, but yeah, yeah. It, he probably would have uh, been better to just say, "Oh, you know, she she she's very helpful. She knows the three rules of caddying, or yeah. something like that, yeah. rather than you know." stating it that's, so explicitly that's pretty funny it does make it interesting for you know what's more important to have someone who can settle you down mentally or someone who can read putts a little bit better than you and it's i mean maybe it's different for each golfer i'm sure it is but like these guys know what to do they know how far they hit clubs it's so much better to have someone that can settle them down probably yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what is it for you do you think like if you what do you look for in a caddy Someone who makes me, like, use my brain. Because when it's you and you're in the moment, you might make a stupid decision or not think about stuff clearly, not be focused on what you should be, someone to refocus you. It, when I have had caddies, I don't really like when they read putts, to be honest. Because yeah. I read putts differently than everyone. I hit putts with different speed. Um, and no one knows yardages. Yeah. Like, you know. It might be different out on the tour when you've got somebody caddying for you every week, but I generally agree with you yeah. that, you know, especially if you're a recreational player and you're picking up a, a local caddy at some course that you're going to yeah. that you know, has caddies, 
it bugs the heck out of me when you know caddy starts trying to to read yeah. my putts and like he, out. I, I don't care it's if like, they what? know the course and they've been around a thousand times yeah. like they just don't know how my eye looks at things and yeah. they certainly on the first few holes don't have a good sense of how hard i like to hit my putts yeah. or you know any of that stuff so i'm i'm totally yeah. with you on that they can give you lines off tees and tell you where not to to hit it and what to focus on and stuff but yeah. yeah, reading putts is very personal. So. Yeah. Okay, well, one more thing about CTPM before we move on, because we, we got to talk about Brand Snedeker uh, and his early start to the week. But did you see did you see the end of the golf on uh, on Sunday at all? Did you see CT I saw on the 18? But no, what happened? So he gets to 18 and he's tied at 20 under, and he just does the a total fan job out of bounds oh, on 18, my. and you know looks you know. He ended up finishing three behind, but yeah, it's like it's pretty hard to fathom that if he birdies there. Yeah, well, I mean, he yeah, and at the time, Schneider was only at twenty. I, think I was gonna say Schneider made like a twenty footer yeah. to get to twenty one. Yeah, so that it oh, mattered. Oh, yeah. it totally mattered. It totally mattered. And at the time, it, it yeah, it a hundred percent mattered. And it was uh, it's just a shock to the system. I don't know. You know, it's hard to think that that wasn't nerves. I mean, here's a guy. I've never been 20 under par for for 71 holes before, but yeah. like if I was, I don't think I'd be hitting any shots out of bounds. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. It, it was a pretty wild shot. It was... Yeah. You would have appreciated it. I would have. Yeah. <laughs> of my own heart. But yeah. yeah, that is interesting. It's what it can do to you, the pressure. It. I mean, when you think of how these guys are swinging, he probably swings between 110 and... 115 and if the face is a couple more degrees open than normal i mean yeah. your ball can go 30 yards offline yeah and that's totally just, that's just how it is and it's that's brutal but but congratulations for him and his yeah. wife yeah he kept all the money they didn't have to give any away either they got yeah. to keep it all yeah it was a caddy and player yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and he was he was lucky that uh who was uh, not webb simpson who's the other guy that was uh, Web Web finished T two. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. I guess there was somebody else that was up there that I thought was going to be in front of him as well. And they melted. They, they they yeah maybe it was D A points was it Brian Gay no they? I don't know anyways I thought he was he was he spent some cash there, uh, but it didn't turn out to be that bad he still got runner up so yeah that's good uh, anyways uh, on to the actual guy who ended up winning this tournament um, Branch Snedeker fifty nine yeah. Is, kind doesn't, of, doesn't that feel like that's becoming like sort of normal that like well, people just shoot that once in a while? Last year there was two. There was one in the desert. Like there always seems to be one in the desert. And then JT did it at the Sony. Yeah. Or is it still the Sony? I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. The one at Wiley. I think it's still Sony. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, mean, I thought there'd be three last year because I'm like, once someone does it and it becomes not so huge of a barrier, then everyone just seems to start doing it. it it's sort of becoming like the the four minute four mile and <laughs> Roger Bannister, right? It's like people are, you know, it's it's not golf's not something where you know you you you're that consistent per se, right? I feel like in a sport like running, you know, people. You know, once you're in shape, you you, you run close to yeah. your what level you're at, right? When mm-hmm. there's a little bit more variance in golf, but you, you're seeing guys that are shooting lower scores more often, um, and it's resulting in you know the, the the rounds that are sort of on the edge of their ability, where they really put it all together and they're sub sixty, which is 
absolutely insane uh, when you think about it, because these courses, I mean, if you yeah. and I played out there, they... Yeah, they, uh, they think they're easy, and <laughs> they talk about how easy it is, and the announcers do, but in reality, the average person's probably never played a course that hard in their whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because it's a par 70 or 71, and it's probably playing to at least 7,200 yards, which is yeah. hundreds of yards further than most people play. Yep. And the greens are are icy. Yes. And it's And there's hazards and, yeah. like, yeah, the whole, the whole gamut. So, Brant Snedeker, pretty bad year, injury earlier this year. Um... So he turned around a big way, and I, I don't know. He he. I know in his brain he's thinking Ryder Cup. I don't think that there's a chance. But he talked about how when he gets hot, he can stay hot, and he feels like he's about to go on a run. And I know the president or Furyk saved a pick, yeah. a captain's pick for later. So I know in his brain now he's thinking Ryder Cup. So. So what if he wins one or two more of these tournaments? I know. Um, or even, even if he comes in like top three or something. You and know, I you feel like Furyk, I feel like he likes him. Now it's Tom Watson and Brant Snedeker to have a relationship, but well, they're, yeah, they're they're very yeah. kindred spirits, I would say, <laughs> yeah. just the way they approach things. But it's interesting. So yeah, yeah. congratulations, Brant Snedeker, fifty nine. What is it, the ninth or tenth one of all time, sub sixty rounds? So yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool to go wire to wire. Second one of the year, they said. So that's a rare feat in itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the the other thing that happened on Sunday was uh, the conclusion of the Web.com Tours uh, regular season. So we had 25 players lock in their PGA Tour card for next season. And uh, you get a couple of sort of familiar names and then some, some newer, newer faces. Uh, definitely got a shout out to... Uh, a local guy, Martin Trainer, plays at a cow club down in South San Francisco. Came in fourth in the uh, the money list this year, and then uh, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Chris Thompson, who works with my my longtime swing coach Greg LaBelle. Uh, he's he's Chris has been at it for quite a while. I think his first year in Web.com was in 2007. Wow! And good for him. Yeah, he's uh, yeah out of Kansas and like just stuck with it I, I i need to catch up and see if i can sync up with him and just talk to him a little bit about his journey he like caught fire the last like month of the season he had three top fives in a row oh good for him and uh yeah finished yeah. it 20th like train yeah and good now now he's uh heading to the big show which is pretty sweet yeah so uh yeah anything i don't know if any of these names stand out I at mean, you or guys that the, you no i don't know anyone on here the one that is the sexiest name is Cameron Champ, you know? Yeah. As far as, like, star power, people who can make it. Yeah. They say he hits it further than anyone. Like, yeah. Like, way, like, significantly further than anyone. So, yeah. um And if you look at his swing, it's it's not weird. It's pretty, it's pretty nails. So, he just, he moves it. He has power. Didn't he? Yeah. I don't know. But that that's the one name that sticks out. Sam Burns sticks out a little bit, too. He's yes. the one that went head-to-head with Tiger... Earlier this year, at, I want to say Arnie's place. Yeah, he had a few good finishes on yeah. the big tour earlier this year, yeah. uh, for sure. And I've never seen Sung J M, but I mean, he blitzed the money list. He, I think he won the first and last event. I think I saw. Did he? I yeah. mean, he didn't quite double up everyone, but pretty it's close. close. Yeah, yeah. He quite he he came close to it. And then Scott Langley, the third place, he's, he's been he there. played on tour for a couple of years. Yeah, lefty and there's uh, a couple other guys. I think 
Roberto Castro. Roberto Castro made it back Alex too. Crew. Yeah. So there's um, a couple of guys. Josh Teeter. Yeah. Uh, guys that have been there before, they're heading back. <laughs> a lot and, of new names though. Yeah, there are. Yeah. It's and good. Then, it's a good mix. Uh, so we got the, the the playoffs coming up. So it'll be interesting to see. There's some guys in that next group. Uh, certainly, Joe Bramlett, a good buddy of mine from junior golf days. Uh, just missed out on the top 25, but I, I feel pretty good that he'll be in good shape for the Web.com Tour Finals. How does and that work? Do they take another 25? They, I think, so they take the the rest of the guys on this money list, and then the numbers 20, 126 through 200 on the PGA Tour, and they they all are eligible to play in the Web.com Tour Finals. Okay. And so they take another 25, I think, or so from that. I have to look at that. It might be yeah, I think it's just another 25 from that. That's essentially like what used to be the final stage of Q School. Q School, yeah. Uh, but they do it over four events. And uh, yeah, so. Cool. Joe's been uh, battling injuries for a long time, finally made it back, had some, certainly had some, some good form this year uh, for the better part of the season. And, and just for actually missed out on, uh, look at that, that's just like a few thousand dollars. That's kind of crazy. I know. Uh, but, anyways. Uh, Hopefully he, he can make it and that'd be that'd be great to see. I know there's he's got a lot of people rooting for him. Yep. Uh, switching gears. Another thing, local. Speaking of, of uh, local golf, uh, not too far down the road, Pebble Beach. They had a little tournament over the weekend. <laughs> uh, U.S. Amateur Championship. Victor Hovland ended up uh, winning it. He was lucky that you weren't there. Yep. Uh, otherwise, he, he could have been in some serious trouble. Yeah, uh, he got beaten like a drum. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> but he <yeah. laughs> didn't quite work out. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's impressive. I mean, what a cool experience for all these guys. Uh, USAM at Pebble Beach. I'm pretty sure that's what everyone dreams of. Um, some impressive golf being played. Uh, I saw the the two guys in the finals. I watched a little bit of that golf or. Uh, their match, they had good swings. Um, I mean, I don't know anything about these guys, and I, I know one went to Oklahoma State, the other one went to UCLA. Um, yeah, I I don't know much about them them either, yeah. but uh, obviously it was. I mean, I think this guy from Okie State, Victor Goblin, I think he just like dusted pretty much everybody that he played against. Round of sixteen, he's seven and sixth, a fellow Norwegian. Um, which is, yeah, oh, he had the least amount of holes played since they started keeping track. Yeah. That's... So he played like 106 <laughs> holes or 102 holes or something over six matches. Yeah. That was so the only shot I actually saw, I didn't get a chance to watch much of it, but the, uh, he hit a shot that a lot of people were talking about on, I think he tried to drive the green on four at Pebble, okay, yeah. and he was down there on the ice plant. Oh, and he, I saw that. He got it up and in from down there, which is outrageous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if it was just rough, you know, down there, that would be it's hard enough. Plant. But, yeah, it's ice plant. You it don't... came out, but it came out clean and, like, with a little bit of check. I don't know. It was it was crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. It's pretty dirty. Yeah, that is dirty. So, congrats to him, and uh, obviously... Uh, you know, he'll be uh, playing at Augusta in, you, in April. Do you think there's more pressure in the semifinals or the finals? That's a good question. I mean, probably the 
semi. I think the semifinal. Yeah, for sure. Is. I mean, as cool as it is to win the U.S. Amateur, it's got to be cooler to play in the Masters. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I like, I mean, and, and enough, taking nothing away from the USGA Championship and, and winning it, but... Yeah, you get to go to, like, all the majors if you win the USAM. Right. And I don't think second place gets to go to, like, the British or anything. Yeah. So it is, it is a lot of pressure, but... Masters, let's not kid ourselves. That's what everyone. That's yeah. that's the ticket. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to see kind of how he progresses. I mean, usually the USAM winners have historically gone on to do some pretty good things in golf. Pretty good things. So yeah, that'll really definitely quickly, be interesting. Best, yep. best amateur of all time, not counting Bobby Jones or Tiger, really. Uh. I mean, Jack Nicholas was pretty good. He was. Yeah, a couple of USAMs. Ryan though. Moore sticks out. There, there's another there's one oh, year. Oh gosh, there's it, this guy I, I know. I think Ryan Moore won the USAM, Publinks, and the Western Am. Certainly in, in a season, I think. In a season, that, that's the Maybe best, the best season. Best huh? season anybody's ever had. Yeah. No question. Phil Mickelson wasn't exactly a slouch as an amateur either. He won the Tucson Open. Yeah. He won and, a pro event as an amateur. In the US amateur, and yeah, like three NCAA's in a row. Did he? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know he had an illustrious NC2A career. Too. Yeah, it was wow. pretty solid. It's impressive. Yeah. that's. There's a lot of... Yeah. Yeah. I, it's definitely a telling sign. The the people who win everything continue to win everything. Yeah. Jordan Spieth. You know, he wins everything and he continues to win everything. So. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty. All right. Well, we've got some interesting stuff coming up next week. We've got FedEx Cup uh, playoffs starting. Uh, they're heading to Ridgewood Country Club in Paramus, New Jersey, and uh, I was fortunate. I a buddy of mine is a member back there, and he set me up. Uh, shout out to the member who ended up hosting me, uh, Scott Senior. It was a, a great couple of days I spent out there uh, playing the course, and really enjoyed it. Uh, kind of just a really cool old school club. Yeah, like, doesn't really seem to suit any one type of player. What well, uh, kind of grass? Uh, I think it's mostly bent grass. Okay. And, and yeah, ryegrass. It was nothing. Yeah, pretty standard like you know, north northeast kind of golf. Mm-hmm. Very traditional Tillinghast uh, design, and it yeah, just uh, it's it, it felt like you know it was just a, a really good test of golf. Like yeah, very fair. I kind of think that you're going to see players, you know, like kind of, you know, looking ahead, we're making our picks later. I think like a player like Molinari, oh, who's yeah. like kind of, like, certainly uh, length is always an advantage, but I just feel like this course doesn't really reward it that much. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's very much like a, you know, getting in a position, having the right angle into the green, and, and it's not overly long, so yeah. it's... You know, if if you, you know, can keep How up. How are the greens? Are Great, they, yeah. They they got, they there's some dead slopes. Elephants or? Uh, there's a couple of interesting ones in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a great course. Um, I I really enjoyed playing it. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see. It will be interesting to see kind of who starts positioning themselves for. Uh, you know, for the the playoff run here, yeah. Um, who, who who do you like, Kev? What do you what are your thoughts for the whole thing? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. For the whole thing, 
I mean, DJ's ranked number one, Justin Thomas number two, Kepka three, Justin Rose and Bubba. That rounds out top five. Um, I mean, I honestly, I think someone like, I, and I've been on this train for a while, but I think Webb Simpson's just so due for like, a huge breakout year. I know he won once earlier, but like, I don't know. He's had a good little run. I know. Sure. I, f I just feel like if anyone's going to top 10 every tournament from here and sneak in a win, it's probably going to be him. And that's generally what it takes in the playoffs is like play really solid, get in that top five, um, and then play again in the tour championship. So, yeah. Um, that's probably who I'd pick to win. Who do I want? Of course, I want someone win his third FedEx Cup playoffs and be the only guy to even have more than one, L Tiger. But um, someone, I, I was listening to the analyst talk and, the other day, and, and they kind of put into words what I've always felt. He plays a conservative game, and I think there's a ton of top tens in his future because he's just better at golf than everyone still. But with this many bombers and this many aggressive people, two or three of them are probably going to be on their game every week. You know, you got That's a good 20 point. gunslingers coming at you, and you're not yeah. a gunslinger. And 17, you might be able to just beat because you're better at golf, and then three of them just get hot. Yeah. And then they snake you, you know? And I'm not saying he's never going to win again. I think he's going to be a prolific winner yeah. again. Prolific. Yeah, I think but, so too. But it's like these kids now, they got so much go low, you know? And someone's on two yep. or three of them are on chasing each other every week so yeah no that's that's an interesting point I, I hadn't really thought about it in those those terms but i totally agree with you that there's so many players that can win uh when they play well that yeah. you're bound to run into a buzzsaw here and there and, yep. and that's pretty much what happened at the pga championship right for tiger i mean oh yeah any other week he would have yeah. he would have won that tournament yeah he wins um, you know with the same game or even a little bit worse but yeah um yeah all right. Well, uh, let's see. Should we? Who do you should, got? Should, for my my picks. For the FedEx. We'll we'll talk about the individual. Okay, individual after. tournament after. Okay, so uh, FedEx Cup. I it's really hard not to pick Tiger. I think the only X factor there is just can he hold up for it? Like this is going to be the most golf he's played well in successive weeks for a while. That's something else we should talk about. Is yeah. he going to play every event? Because the week after the finals. Is Ryder Cup. Cup. There is not... I don't think there's a week off. I think that's... I mean, he's definitely going to play in the Ryder Cup. I don't care what, you know, Jim Furyk says about, like, you know, or doesn't say about committing to that, but, like, I think the PG... Or the... Yeah, the PGA would literally, like, renounce his captaincy if he didn't pick Tiger Woods yeah. to play. Like, yeah, from a sheer ratings be, perspective. He'd have and to go into witness protection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's definitely <laughs> playing... Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think he's gonna try and make it work. He he's just probably gonna be having a much lighter schedule during the Fall. during the 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 series. You know, you know, nine hole practice rounds. Okay. So uh, you think he's gonna one, play in all four events? Because historically, he's taken like one of the playoff events off. Yeah, I I don't think you can do that anymore. Like unless I, you, you can Yeah, unless if you, you win if you and win. then top top three of the other one. Yeah. Then you could probably sit out the BMW and then still be in top five. But it's. It's also harder for him to do that because he's starting from twentieth place, 20, not 
first. Not first, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there was that one year. He, did he take? I think the first year he might have even taken like two of them off. That was before they reset points, right? So, so was he like, was like a mile ahead. Yeah, it like didn't matter. Yeah, uh, he could have taken the finals, the tour championship off and won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. In terms of this week, uh, I kind of like Jason Day. Nice. I just feel like he's. He's his short. He's like the right now this year. Definitely the the best short game player putter on on the tour this year. And he hasn't had the the greatest year tee to green. But um, I don't. I just I can't imagine that, that continues. I, I feel like this course does set up very well for somebody who is on with their short game. It, it's I'm not saying it's easy, but it gives you opportunities to play from you know different locations this is the same you might have i don't know if you remember this kev but remember that year that phil mickelson played from the uh the grandstands yes uh two two days in a row had the same thing so that that's this course okay um that, i think it, that year they played it as the fifth hole uh this year they're i think i read uh, this morning they're playing it as the 12th hole but uh interesting how they just do that yeah well the, so ridgewood has not uh three nines oh, okay. and so they mix it up a little bit um I don't remember all the holes that I was told that were going to be part of it, but I, I got to play all three nines and it was great. But um, yeah, the, the the short one up the hill, it's like two ninety one or something like that, and it's got you know a green uh, that's you know, the size of a postage stamp yeah. um, with some slope in it. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the one that Phil Mickelson played a couple shots from the the grandstand or hospitality tent. Um. Anyways, I, you know, it's just a it's a tree line course, and the green complexes are pretty complex. So I think Jason Day will be that, that's that's my winner pick. Good, yeah, I like it. Um, from what you've described, I'm gonna go Patrick Reed. Yeah, I looked at that one too. Did you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's always. I mean, he's just he's a world class golfer now, but. I don't think he's been particularly hot as late, but he likes to big game hunt, and I'm sure he wants to throw his hat in the ring of um, one of FedEx Cup. So no better week to jump start it than week one of the playoffs. So he's sitting there in tenth right now. I picture him making big moves up the board. Um, if I had to pick my last place pick, now, now before we get to last place picks, we need to know discuss... we didn't discuss last week okay. yet. Yeah, uh, some of us. I was hoping to avoid it. <laughs> I bet you were. If you uh, were one of the two people that listened to our podcast last week, you would know that <laughs> Kevin picked DA points to come in dead last. And I think DA might have been, DA and my mom were probably the only two people that listened to our podcast in week three. And uh, he took that to heart. And he, he had a great run last week. Finished uh, 17 under, T4. Yeah, that's so that's a little ways from last. Um, yeah, I think... And then he, to follow that up, the guy I picked to win uh, missed the cut at minus two, Shane Lowry. So I pretty much nailed that one through and through. Now, on the flip side, Brian picks Webb to win. He finishes well, at 18 under. I thought I picked, uh, I thought I picked Chris Kirk to win. Webb did was two, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I have Webb and DeYoung. I picked DeYoung to finish last, but Chris, Chris Kirk was my, my pick. That's what I wrote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what Chris Kirk did. I Wait, just I looked up Webb. I think we talked about Webb last week. But well, DeYoung I picked, yeah. was nice. Plus five, miscut. Yeah, sorry, Brendan. 
Uh, I nailed it though. Yeah, <laughs> almost nailed that. How yeah. did Chris Kirk do that? He, T eleven. Wow, not too bad, right? That's I mean, great. For yeah, kind of an under the radar pick. I think that's pretty good. That's really good for yeah. You picked the road less traveled and got there. Yeah, Ooh, well done. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I was thinking maybe we should start, especially after last week. I was thinking we should like keep score here. So like, if you're picking first. You're trying to shoot the lowest score possible. It's number of positions from the top is your mm. score, and then number of positions from the bottom is also your score. Mm. Yeah, and we that's can think good. about that. Yeah, I would have totally waxed you last week. You, and you would have won by like. <laughs> it would have been a like, tiger esque. Like a hundred. Yeah. It would have literally <laughs> would been, have been triple digits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but all right. So you're you're going with P. Reed as your winner. I'm going with Jason Day as my winner. Losers, who do you got, Kev? Um, I'm going to make sure I send him this podcast link, too. Scott after the Stallings is going to map it. Scott Stallings. He's going to map it everywhere. Man. He All works right. out too much and doesn't practice golf enough. So <laughs> I've been seeing on Instagram, he's like crazy in shape now. But yeah. Is he, is he in like really good shape now? That's what they say. They call him a beast and stuff, and I see him, and he's working out hard, but I don't know. doesn't translate. Uh, all right, who is, who's my pick to to lose coming dead last? Uh, this is always hard. Seamus Power is your towards the bubble? Mm, I'm going to go with Satoshi Kadera. Kadera? Oh, Kadera. Yeah, I'm going with Satoshi. Bad move. Satoshi is going to go the way of uh, Bitcoin the last few months. Yeah. And, <laughs> Huge red candles to the downside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, sorry, Satoshi. Um, but if you're listening and you want to take revenge on me, like uh, DA Points took revenge yep. on Kevin, then by all means, make us look like fools. Yep. Go low. Go low, Satoshi. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's it for now. We'll be uh, following up next week with our, our picks and we'll see how we're doing hope everybody has a great week and thanks for listening see you guys I'm just sitting here in front of you guys talking just hanging out here <laughs>